What up, PIF gang? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. This is your host, Mr. Brandon Wade, but you can call me B2. You can call me B squared. You can call me whatever you want to call me, but you still got to follow the rule. So what's the rule, y'all? If you're new to this, I'll go on and tell you, but... We've been talking about this one for a while. So what's the rule, y'all? You can call me whatever you want to call me as long as it's nice. Welcome back to your favorite show, Pay It Forward. Welcome back to a show full of realness, full of authenticity, and full of opportunity. So y'all know I'm a believer in being real. And over these last two weeks or so, I have honestly had a lot of trouble with that. Um, I Sometimes it's, it's, it's been a little bit hard to kind of notice, but I'll have these times where I'll just start restricting myself. And it's not necessarily because of any external reason, but, you know, maybe I'll hear something that someone says or maybe they just doesn't seem like they like something about me and I'll just be like, all right. Well, I'm just going to hide that and they'll never see that. And I sometimes will find myself not feeling safe to, you know, really be myself and even understand what that is. And I had a really good uh, prompt that popped up um, from Brian Reeves. I always mention him on the podcast because that is somebody that I I have a lot of respect for in the sense of authenticity and um, his life. And so that's, you know, somebody I, I can say that I look up to. But um, he he posted something and it said that um, if you want intimacy, you've got to be willing to be vulnerable. Basically, it was like you can't have intimacy and not have vulnerability. Like you, you basically can't. And one thing he said, he says, if you want to always be around people that have closed hearts, keep your heart closed. But if you want people that are open, be open, open your heart, like open your heart to those longings, those those uncomfortable things and let your heart be open. And the more open your heart is, you know, the more you'll attract. And I hadn't realized just how much I had closed my heart um, just over these last couple of weeks and days and stuff. And I was sitting in the bathtub, like, and I was just, I don't know, I was feeling a lot of stuff. I was feeling angry. I was feeling frustrated. I'd had a conversation with somebody and I felt like they had violated my boundaries. They didn't really know that, but I really had felt like they did. And I was just really frustrated. And I was like, yo, I do not feel happy about this. I don't feel happy at all right now in this moment. And I just was like, Oh, I was just, just, just really just, just, ah, just mad. And, and, um, when I saw that and it said, open up your heart. And it was like a weight just kind of came off of my shoulders. And I went, that's, probably what's going on right now is that my heart is not open oh man and and I I I sat there and I, I I really wanted to talk to this person and just you know tell them in some ways how I felt and I started to think all right well let me fill this out is it that I really want to tell them what I think, or is it 
that I really want to get in touch with myself and how I'm actually feeling. Oh, oh man. I just, I, I, I just sat there for a minute and God spoke to me in that moment. And he said, authenticity is the way home. So basically, that's what I'm going to be talking about. Is It's the backwards path that seems to get us where it is that we're trying to go a lot of times. It's confronting things and allowing things to be in our lives. It's the difference between doing and being. See, I always would tell people, even in, in, in my, 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 my life, even in some of the people and places I've been praying with ministry, stuff like that. A lot of times I'd be like, man, I'm a doer. You feel me? Uh, I don't, I don't really, I like to talk, but I'm a doer. And I feel like in this particular time in my life, the things that are coming up for me is that being is more important than doing. I've always taken pride in my ability to do, you know, give me a task, I'll accomplish it. You know, send me somewhere and ask me to do the impossible and I'll do it. You know, I always took pride in that. You know, that was one of the things that my dad often asked of me was impossible task. You know, he'd not give me any insight on what it was he needed me to do and be like, I need you to do all of this in like an hour. And I would be proud of myself when I'd figure it out in 45 minutes or 30 minutes or something like that, because that was a way that I could get his attention. I could get his respect. If he saw that I would beat the timer, I could get a little hit of love. And being was not a safe thing for me to do in my house. Um, I was acknowledged more for what I did and not for or, or what I didn't do and not really for who I was being. So the idea of being versus doing being it doesn't allow as much room for me to just be proud of myself. But yet I always feel more fulfilled when I am really just being. And I honestly had forgotten. I was like, bro, I don't even know if I know how to be right now. Like I'm feeling all these emotions. I'm feeling shame. I'm feeling disgust. I'm feeling frustration. And to be with that see i know things you can do to resolve those feelings but to be meaning i am willing to incorporate and allow these feelings to flow through my body be versus i am going to use methods in which i know to uh, dissipate and dissolve these feelings so i can go back into that state of bland placid calm with a positive edge to it do but being being is vibrancy like that's there's life in being and yo life and the idea of life can be straight terrifying sitting in that tub and I was just like bro what am I going to do you see I go what am I going to do 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 and I just felt like it was God calling me to say I just want you to be as you are with me 
right where you are. And I honestly at that moment was like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to accept that. I don't want to be here. But I started to feel that I wanted to be open because the people in my life, I want people in my life that are open. And I started to realize that I had been gravitating a little bit more to people whose hearts emotionally wise were closed off. People who don't are, are cool with me just performing well. You know, they're cool with me making sure that I do my task up to standard. And they're just like, as long as you're doing your task, you good. I feel safe when I'm dealing with that. I feel familiar when I'm dealing with that. That's been the, the, the most familiar thing in most of the relationships I've had was that the people in my life wanted me to be to do. They're just like, I want you to do one, two, three, four, and five. If you accomplish one, two, three, four, and five, you good with me. You always be good with me as long as you can do what it is I desire you to do. And if you can't do that, then I'm going to be upset until you're able to do it again. That was always cut and dry. But being... Being is not cut and dry. Being is a state. It's present tense. And he and even Brian is saying this thing. He said, man, it's at, at best you feel angry, but at worst you feel nothing. And I knew I was like, dang, I am, I am off because I felt nothing. Like I couldn't be on Instagram. I couldn't do nothing because I just couldn't tolerate feelings. I couldn't tolerate my own feelings. I couldn't tolerate others' feelings. And I was starting to resonate with people that were also struggling with being. So they're asking me questions and saying things and, you know, talking. I'm like, bro, I don't enjoy these conversations at all. I really just want to tell these things. Like I don't enjoy like a, a word that these people are saying. Like, I feel like I am so fake right now. And in a, in, 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 in a state, I, I, I was being that because um, and it was another good thing he said too. He said, you know, we, we our core want to be accepted for who we are, but when we, when we are not being vulnerable, we are trying to manipulate the perception of others so that we will be ultimately accepted. That's really what it's about. We're trying to manipulate the perception of others when we're not doing that. And some of us do that because we lived in environments that were not safe. For us to be and it was necessary for you to, to manipulate the perception that's what happened with my dad and I. I had to do so I had experienced years of trying not to do that and seeing that he punished that he was somebody that was very approving of manipulation he was very approving of that so every time he saw me doing that he was like that's a stamp in my son's book because I know he's going to be able to survive life if he can manipulate people I hated it I just wanted to be able to be with my dad and be. I just wanted to be able to be with God and be. And I've discovered recently that the way we see God is oftentimes the way we see our parents. Like that's the first way we see God. If we ever deal with anything spiritual, that's the first thing you see is how did you see your parents? So if your parents were controlling and manipulative, that's how you'll see God is controlling and manipulative until you get away and get space. And you start to realize that God is not any of those types of things. He does not need to be any of those things. And for me, I've seen God as, you know, benevolent in some ways, kind, um, but also also narcissistic, um, manipulative, uh, selfish, self-centered, um, 
an Indian giver. And honestly, all I'm naming are, are negative traits that I saw in my dad. I'm not naming traits that really are in God. I'm naming traits I saw in my dad. But that's how I saw God. I was like, well, if you if dad did all these things and you didn't stop him, then you clearly must agree with what he's doing. So you must be just like him. And that was just the logic that I've all that I carried. And then in, in the spiritual mentorship that I had had, there were a lot of things he was not willing to tell me up front. So I saw him as wishy-washy. I added those things too. I saw God as wishy-washy, limited, um, unfaithful, you know, unca- really uncaring, um, and not willing or interested in taking responsibility for his actions. Now, again, those are not traits of God. Those are just traits of the people that I felt represented God and my dad represented God. And even with my mom, you know, I saw my mom's negative traits. You know, I saw her being, you know, uh, distant, uh, wishy-washy in and out, um, passive aggressive, um, dishonest, all of these different things I saw in my mom. I was like, so this was what a smorgasbord of what God must be because he allowed all these people in my life. Therefore, he must approve of all this stuff. Therefore, he must be just like it. So being real for me, ironically, as much as I talk about it, has been the scariest part of this journey, of this particular journey in my life because it requires me to not just gloss over stuff. And that's how we survived was glossing over things. And I saw, well, you know what? This was cool. You know, it was just a thing that happened. You know, just like a lot of guys say, oh, I'm not nothing. I'm just tired. And it's not that guys are tired. A lot of times guys are really deeply, deeply, deeply experiencing something and don't really know how to process it because the guys they were around never told them how to. The guys that were around, they were just like, oh, well, you know, you just smile and get over it. Like I've had people tell me that, you know, uh, my spiritual mentor, as much as I love him, would always tell me things like, man, you know, sometimes you just got to laugh, you know, just got to laugh. And I'd be like, that's not healthy. Like, I think you actually need to feel what you're feeling. And he nods. Nah, I'm not, you know, I'm not got to laugh to keep from crying. And I'd be like, why are you trying to keep from crying? Like, sir, just cry. And he's like, well, you know, that kind of stuff, you know, that don't really glorify God. And I'm just like, I don't trust you. And that happened in our relationship was I stopped trusting him. And he had lost my trust. And a lot of the male figures in my life, I've seen a lot of toxic masculinity and I've even seen some toxic femininity, femininity. And so I just found myself in this deep ego state of just like, man, I just don't want to feel nothing. I just want to know everything that I'm doing. I just want to be in control. I want to have and get to this plateau where I know I'm good and can't nobody touch me. Can't nobody hurt me. And maybe I'll allow somebody up there to see what I wanted, want them to see. But I will not be vulnerable to anyone because I don't want to experience that overwhelming pain of rejection like I experienced as a little boy from my parents. I don't want to ever experience that ever again. And our egos will help us with that. My ego is like, man, I will keep you safe. And I watched ego keep a lot of people I love safe and also keep them miserable. And I watched them suffer miserably, but they were like, but I'm safe. I'm away from people that can hurt me. I don't have to deal with people. I'm good. I know everything that's going on. Even if what's going on is not helpful, 
It's not even allowing for a vibrancy in life, not even a quality of life. It's just some people are fine just saying, man, I I ain't got no money. I ain't got this. I ain't got that. But I at least know I'm not getting hurt. And the ego will be like, cool, I'm done my job. Because your ego is just trying to look out for you. It's like, hey, I just don't want you to feel hurt again. But man, there's so much life outside of what we know, what I know as an ego experience. And as I was sitting in that tub, I was like, bro, I I am not alone. I feel alone because of some things of my own making. I'm deciding that I don't want to trust me. It's not even about trusting God. It was about trusting me. I'm like, do I even trust me right now? Do I even trust me right now? And so I opened up. I said to myself, man, I just want to be loved. And I long for that approval sometimes from the opposite sex, from myself. And it's not even really from the opposite sex. Sometimes it's just from myself. I just want their approval so I can look at myself in the mirror and go, see, you are something. And it's like, do I really want that? Or is it that I just want to feel like I am something? It's just a way that my inner, the inner me knows how to get my attention to say, well, this is what's important to you. And this is a description, if y'all don't know, of what codependent tendencies and enmeshed tendencies can be. When you're in a family that doesn't really have a lot of boundaries, and my family didn't. You know, when you're in a place where, you know, people don't really respect your word or your space or things like that, and people over violate you. You, 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 you have dynamics like this where you, you just desperately rely on other people's approval and their desires and you long for them to validate you because you don't feel like a person if you're not experiencing a constant sense, a stream of validation from other people and you're willing to do literally anything to get it. That is a codependent and enmeshed dynamic. And I'm just being 100 in where I was feeling and then I was like, but I'm not being open so when God spoke to me and said authenticity is the way home I just went wow that's not something I really feel like doing right now but it is something I want I have always prided myself on being able to be numb to certain things you know Somebody was going to say something to me. I'm like, oh, well, you know, if I'm numb, I don't have to react. But that doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. When you're when you're when you're vulnerable, you're open to being hurt, but you're also open to being loved. You're open to things going better than you expect, which is something that happens more often than not. You're open to. The reality of enriching friendships. And I hadn't even realized just how much I wasn't open to it. Like some things it's like God be wanting to bless us with or do for us. And we'd be like, man, look, I'm not even open to that. It's not that God's going to, you know, be like, I'm not going to do it. But he's like, well, I'm going to work with you until you feel like you're open. 
And I hadn't even realized. I said, I'm not even, I wasn't even feeling open to none of that stuff. What about the vibrancy of life, of relationships, of friendships? We can see where we are sometimes by who we attract. And I could see, I was like, I'm attracting people who right now are as emotionally stunted as I feel. And so I'm like, if I want change, all I have to do is open up. (sighs) Yeah. Authenticity is like talking about the stuff that you really don't really want people to know. And even the things you don't really want yourself to know so that you can have freedom in those from those things and freedom to do other things that make that truly do make you happy. And, you know, I, I haven't really wanted to admit to the amount of numbness and polish that I started to carry where people ask me questions and I'm just like, I'm just going to give you this generic answer. And I'm going to go back to being numb because I really don't want to be open right now. And then just in the tub, I just felt just so much shame and disgust. Just like at, at myself, just like, bro, why don't you just get it the flip together? And all that just experiences from my dad. You know, that was what my dad would always say things like, you know, you just, you're just not trying hard enough, you know. And I feel like I shouldn't be feeling some of these things, you know. I should be a good, positive, happy. And even if you're not, just say it until you are. Oh, man, who said that, bro? Who said that? It's in my openness that I get to freaking feel life. You know what life is like when you can't taste nothing? You can't see nothing? Because everything looked the same? People just be saying stuff sometimes. And sometimes things that have just been accepted as a gospel truth oftentimes just came from somebody that one person trusted that said that because someone else said it before them. And it just became an accepted fact until somebody goes, hey, wait a minute. Where's the basis in what this person says? And then everyone looks back over the years and they go, you know what? There really isn't a basis in that. Somebody just said it. And just come from the fact that somebody just woke up and said it one day. Maybe they had an experience in that area and just made up something and said, this is the rule. This is the way things are. And people just accepted it. And I think, I feel that hinders so much in authenticity. Authenticity is the ability to know that you're going to be the exact same you regardless of any situations that you are. Even if you grow as a person, even if you, whatever it is you do as a person, you are going to still be at your core the same you that you have always been. You're always going to be able to get in touch with that, that part of yourself. Oh man, I haven't felt in touch with none of that. And the way home 
the home is what 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 with all the things that you were promised, all the things that you you know that you're meant to have in life, home. That's in being authentic. That's in saying what the f. That's in saying that was amazing. That's in sitting sometimes in 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 in, in awe and silence when something amazing happens. Or sitting in abject frustration and rage when something you don't like happens. That's allowing it to come in and out of your body and knowing that it's that they are feelings and feelings are meant to exist and they're meant to pass through. And they don't have to make decisions for us. However, they tend to make decisions for us when we ignore them. I had, I had the routine down, you know, I'm getting up, I'm doing my little celebrations. I'm writing and doing all this stuff like that. Not even realizing that I'm just dead numb on the inside. I'm like, where's my motivation to have friends to talk, to do anything, but just some of the things I've been doing. And I'm like, Oh my God, it's because I'm not open. That's showing up. And I remember that was one of the main things I always said that God told me when I went to PCC and I just knew I was out of my league because I'd never gone to a school like that and I hadn't had prior success in school like that, you know, and I'm going back to school and I don't have no, no supplies or nothing like that. And I asked God, God, what you want me to do? What you want me to bring? Like I should be getting something to bring. And he said, no, I just want you to bring yourself. Bro, I was so pissed off. I was like, what the f- you mean by bringing myself? Well, I'm going to just grab myself by the shoulder and just yeet myself to the school. Like, what you mean? Bring yourself. And he said, I want you to show up. He said, I just want you to get there, focus all your energy on getting into getting on campus. Once you get on campus, I'm going to take care of everything else. That's what I think he means sometimes. It's like, show up. And honestly, I just, I just, I, 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 I. God, I, I, I like being real, but yo, is, is vulnerability not terrifying because it's being open to the fact that someone can hug you just as quickly as they might hurt you. And if you've been hurt before, it's a feeling you, it's a feeling you don't often forget. Authenticity is the way home. What does that, what does that feel like? It's like retracing footsteps. It's like getting in touch with the parts of myself that sit within my body and go, no, 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 no. And saying, look, I ain't even going to say yes. I'm going to say, let's just all say no together. It's like allowing myself, giving myself space to honor, to allow my own set of feelings. It's taking the stable path, even when the stable path doesn't feel familiar. 
It's saying stuff that you really don't think anyone will give two Fs about until they tell you, bro, I'm so glad you said that. It's all backwards. Everything I be talking about, especially on these recent pay it forwards, has all been backwards. Like I go and say this stuff and I'm just like, bro, I don't think anyone would have any interest in listening to any of this stuff. And then people have interest in listening to and are grateful and say, man, you know, thank you for sharing that stuff. And I'm just like, bro, you actually wanted to hear what to me sometimes just sounds like rambling. Personal image is an MF, man. Created images are MF, man. And being yourself when you're still trying to figure out what that even is, is a big, giant MF. But I like it. I like doing it. I like feeling connection with not just people, but with myself. I like being able to go on the inside and know that I'm making a decision because I want to and not because I was coerced to and not because I reacted to an environment, but because it was something I genuinely desired to do. There is always fulfillment every time I do something like that. I like having conversations that I don't have to measure and think out every freaking word that I'm going to say. I just am able to talk and it's a flow and a stream and I leave healthier and happier and more positive than when I came in. I love conversations like that and those conversations are always real conversations so when somebody says how are you feeling sometimes I'm like bro I really wish I could tell you and that maybe is a good place to start is saying I really wish I could tell you numbness has always been safe for me because there were times I was so enraged at my dad that I felt like if I didn't feel numb I'd probably kill this man There are times I was that enraged at my mom that I was like, bro, I would probably strangle you if I didn't feel numb. What is authenticity? Is it just a matter of what do we value the most? Or is it like, who am I? Not even when nobody else is around. Because, see, you can act when nobody else is around. I've done that before. You can keep an act up. Doesn't matter how long somebody is there or not there. You can keep an act up so long, you forget what your actual self actually is. I had to sit there and go, like, ego, man, I love you. You're just trying to protect me. You're trying to keep me safe. You're trying to keep me in an environment that I understand. But I am not my ego I have one but I am not my ego so it's like what is it is it loud joyous laughter is it silence is it rest is it what is it cause I look at myself and I just see all these myriad, this myriad of different habits, proclivity, stuff I've learned from other people. And then I feel like I'm just trying to make sense of all this stuff. And I'm like, I just want to make sense of it. 
I just wanted to be something straightforward for freaking once. And the feminine element is not straightforward. The feminine element deals in nurturing kindness. It's soft and gentle and, 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 and it is not straightforward. And learning to balance masculine energy and direction with feminine energy and nurturing is wild. And I can still sometimes feel the pulls of masculine society saying, yeah, but what steps are you taking to further your life? One, two, three, four, and five. And I say, I'm taking right now. I feel like I'm trying to take the steps that matter. You got people that's rich and miserable. They're miserable because they were told their riches were going to get you where you need to be. You got people that are successful and married and, and, and prospering and all that stuff like that and are miserable. I said, man, I don't want to be miserable. I want to be vibrantly alive. There's something in feeling alive. There is something in feeling alive. There's something in being aligned in the purpose you are right where you need to be and just being aware that you are enough. And I can't tell you the last time I felt like I was enough. It's embarrassing to admit to. Because I always feel like you should be better than this. Why aren't you better than this? Why aren't you better than this? And some of the people I've talked to, you know, they didn't necessarily know all of what I was expressing or dealing with. And some of it just came from the fact that I just, I just felt scared, scared of asking for help, scared of what asking for help was going to do for me. Was it going to do me more harm than good? All these things, just ego things, just trying to keep me safe. Just like, no, but I just want you to stay safe. We can predict what's over here, but we can't predict what's out there. We can't predict what this person may say or do. So we just want to stay in what we can predict. But I'm not my ego, man. I'm a person. Even if I'm not all the way sure who that person is, I'm a person. And I think that is an inalienable human right. I go as far as to say an inevitable human right, an ironclad human right to be able to exist at the fundamental level. I know as black people, especially for people like myself, it can be harder for us to understand because our identities oftentimes were erased at a fundamental level and we were told it is not safe for you to exist. And man, I can tell you that when I was sitting in that tub, the main thing I started feeling was fear. I start feeling like, look, if I just go out there and do this, if I go out there and start feeling, if I go out there and really just start saying and living the truth that God has put within me, whatever that is, I'm going to have to watch out for everybody. And that, again, was my ego trying to keep me safe. God, 
Because how do we know? How do we know? How do we know what life we are going to experience other than if we go and experience it? How do we know? So I felt better after getting out of the tub and, you know, I finally recorded a video. I I felt better about it and I felt more grounded. I felt like I was being more of myself. And I just didn't realize just how much I just missed general conversation. Just conversation that just wasn't about some type of task that needed to be accomplished. Or some mission or something that needed to be done. But just conversation about existing. Being a human being. People being real with each other. People being real with themselves. And that's the community I'm creating. And I felt like I neglected that. God, I'd be quick to blame myself. I'd be quick to blame myself. That was another way of surviving. I survived my dad like that. You know, my dad get mad, I blame myself. If I blame myself, he wouldn't blame me. He would, he would, or he would go less hard on me if I had already blamed myself. These dang survival mechanisms, bro. And I even feel like just going into heaven and say, but I'm making progress. I'm making progress. I'm making progress. I'm making progress. I am dealing with survival mechanisms and I'm making progress. It's not so much a, but it's an and. So what 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 is what is what does authenticity really look like? It looks kind of like this. It looks like longing. It looks messy. It doesn't look polished. And I'd love to say we need more of that. I just think we should start with just that we need it. We need authenticity. And it sounds good. It sounds like a really nice word. But what is it in practice? It's, it's this. It's being in touch, opening up, and letting peace be what it is. I think that people that are authentic, I think if you don't believe in God, it's pretty hard for you not to find him. I think the closer we get to our authentic selves, the more often we we end up running right into what it is we're looking for. And sometimes we'd be like, well, I ain't looking for God. And it'd be like, you you might not know that. But again, this ain't a place to judge whomever. It's a safe space for anybody because all I am is just a person who has an interest in these things. And a person is just interested in figuring out what that means for me. Who does that mean for me? What is it? becoming in me who is Brandon what does Brandon even mean you know so it's the interest in being authentic that I think drives us to where we want and need to be also bro it ain't had to be this hot in LA bro I mean, L.A. know how to be hot, but, bro, it's really hot up in here. Like, man, I, you know, you'd be trying to chill. You'd be thinking everything cool. And then L.A., like, psych, you thought, run this 95-degree weather because it's a Tuesday. 
And I'm like, ain't summer supposed to be over? It'd be really nice if, you know, the room I was in was air conditioned or whatever, but, you know, I ain't really the wave right now. But anyways, that's all, that's... That's more like authenticity. What does it mean? It means sometimes talking about air conditioners. And then sometimes it means tying all that stuff together with what does it, what, what, where does it lead on the inside? When you're grieving, grieving is like a, a, a fantastic part of a process of, of, of opening up to authenticity because your feelings come to the surface. And there's, there's, there's not much you can do about them. You feel the shock, you feel the shame, you feel the rage, you feel the what could I have done better, you feel all of these things, and they're all in front of you saying, look here, boy, pay attention to me. And you gotta just do it. Or if you numb them, the same things that you worried about happening start happening to you. And... I had gotten used to really numbing my feelings. And it was very subtle and, and I feel really bad about that. And I'm, 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 I'm happy that I'm not doing it as much anymore right now. But man, I just, I didn't even realize how, how not open that I was being to the idea of, of, of things changing, even for the better. And so I'm going to be really at this kind of journey of authenticity and this is an authentic step sometimes authenticity i guess makes you numb sometimes it just gets tiring you know or sometimes you just i don't know whatever it is because the thing about authenticity i guess the best thing i could say about it is that it's not a task authenticity is a way of being it's not a task it's not something you can just do and then be done with and i guess that's what i've always that's what i've been kind of struggling with is like but I'm used to just being able to do something until I was done doing it. But authenticity is not a state of doing, it's a state of being. Being authentic means wanting a hug. Being authentic means giving hugs. Being authentic means sharing your interests. Being authentic means being open. Because, man, do we never know, man. Yeah, so to anybody that is, is especially is grieving right now, because you know, I, I first of all, I love you, man, and I and I stand I sit with you because you, you as you know, I've talked a lot about you know losing my biological dad and then losing my spiritual one, you know, two months ago. So I'm in the state of my own grief, and there's life that's coming out of this, man. But first and foremost, if your emotions are out there raw right now. I'm so sorry you have to feel the type of pain that you're feeling. And I think this is the greatest moment that you may have to really, truly be authentic because grief brings up all kinds of stuff that we ain't think about. Grief brings up stuff that we might've had against that person, against ourselves. It brings up all kinds of stuff. And it's a perfect time for if you really wanted to, to say or feel the way that you feel to give yourself opportunity to actually do that. That's one thing I really am proud of the people that look at grief in this way. And I really don't like that people do oftentimes they say, Hey, sometimes you just got to let go. Sometimes you just got to forgive, you know, work on yourself. And people say things like that. And if you were to ask them, how do you do that? They would not have an answer for you. And the truth is people say stuff like that because they've never done it themselves. I just think we could do a lot better. I think we could be real versions of ourselves. 
And so everybody that's grieving, man, not only do I stand with you, I pray for you. I pray with you. And I just thank you right now, Jesus, that everybody under the sound of my voice, anybody that is grieving, dealing with uh, the loss of relationships, uh, someone's death, anybody right now, that God, you're leading people like you're leading me to that journey home, to authenticity, where you inevitably are going to meet us. So in Jesus' name, I just thank you for it. An encounter is done. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I love y'all. You know, this is a little bit different, different kind of flow, different kind of energy, but I'm trying to come as real as I can and as authentic as I can. That's a promise I made to you, a promise I made to myself. So here I am. So yeah, there's nothing beloved with y'all. Till next time. PIF gang, take it easy. Peace.